Tonight is a, a healing meeting. All right. If you didn't know that, welcome to a healing meeting. If you did know that and you came, uh, ex, you know, specifically with that in mind, you're ready. Good deal. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to help every single person who needs a healing uh, smack in the face from God. I'm not going to be smacking people in the face. Uh, who, who needs a healing touch from God, needs their body to be made well. I'm going to help you to get that. And everyone will. All right? If you come and you're already well, you're strong, you're doing good, uh, we're going to feed your faith so you can stay that way. Amen. And you are a, a, a participant in this meeting anyway, because, again, there's a corporate presence and you are assisting with your believing, with your personal connection to God. You're assisting in creating an ease, an ease of a flow for those who have specific needs in their bodies tonight. All right. So, again, that is my intent and that's the way we're going. So all that I plan to say and those things that I will say that I have not planned to say, they are to that end that we can drive out sickness and impart health and healing from the Lord. All right. So here's here's how I want to start uh, this tonight. And this is especially, again, for those who uh, need healing in their bodies. But the rest of you can help out just in support of them. But I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to think about this. And, and, and we're going to just we're going to say something a few times so we can get settled on the inside. All right. Say this out, out loud after me. Uh, say, I will. Be healed tonight. Now say it again. I will be healed tonight. Say it again. I will be healed tonight. Now think about it as you say it. Put yourself right there in the presence of God. You see Him and only Him. You don't see anything else. Not about disease, not about anything. Uh, if something's harping at you, something pain is crawling at you right now, best you can do is uh, ignore that. Put your mind on the Lord. Say, say it again with me. I will be healed tonight. Say it again. I will be healed tonight. One more time. I will be healed tonight. Amen. Amen. Now, something you might note from uh, the Bible, if you've read at all about the life and ministry of Jesus, you will frequently see that when people got the desired results that they were seeking, those type of statements were very common. I say we made one statement, but it was very common for someone to say, uh, well, Jesus would say, I will go, I will come with you and heal them. No ifs, ands, maybes, no buts. Uh, people would say uh, to Jesus things like, uh, if you would just come and lay your hands on my servants, my whatever, will be healed. You don't see maybe language. You hear that, I will, they will, this is going to happen. Okay, when you see that language, do you know what happens? 
exactly what they said would happen. Okay? A woman that reached, you know, came up in the crowd behind Jesus, reached out to touch him. Prior to that, she said repeatedly within herself, if I will but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Okay, she said, I will, about herself, I will be made whole. Okay, and what did she get? Well, she got exactly what she said. All right, I'm saying some good things. I've already said, I'll go ahead and say it again. God's going to do some outstanding things here tonight. People are going to be healed right and left all over the place. I mean, just the glory of God manifest in people's bodies. Okay, is that a good thing? Okay, uh, what are you saying? All right. Good, good, good. And what are you saying about yourself? I'm telling you, more than we realize, it's key. It's a key component to the, to the desired result. And I say that not because I just come up with a good idea. I see that as the example in Jesus' ministry. If I'm going to do the works of Jesus, if we're going to do his works and greater works than he did, then we've got to see how he did those works. All right. And he would speak and teach and operate in such a way where he was convinced he was absolutely certain. And others became persuaded themselves that they would become well, that they would be made whole, that they would be healed at the touch, at the command, at the at the influence of the Lord Jesus and that anointing that was on him in their lives. Okay, and, and, and so that's exactly what we're doing here tonight. Just following simple prescription. All right. And we'll have the same results. Thank you, Lord. Anybody excited yet? I'm having way more fun than you already. Whew. The Bible tells us in Amos chapter three and verse three, it reads, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Poses that as a question. The uh, understood and obvious answer there is no. People cannot walk together unless they have agreement. So what we want to do, of course, this is true in in our relationships with one another. You can only walk together with someone to the degree that you have agreement between you. But we're talking about walking with God primarily here. And so our agreement must be with him. If I'm going to walk with God, I've got to agree with God. If I disagree with what he says, if he says one thing about me, I say the opposite about me. We're not walking together. okay? and isn't it the Lord who's the healer? He's the one we're seeking. He's the one we're making a connection with. I've got to start walking in the same direction he's going. okay? let's get really, really tight, really, really close and walk with God tonight. So our goal then is to have perfect agreement with God in relationship to our physical bodies in all areas, but specifically our physical bodies here tonight. Okay. Uh, Bottom line is this. God has given us the right and the ability to agree or disagree with him. We can choose to walk with him or or choose not to. But our walk with God, listen, it can be it potentially can be strong in one area. And then really non-existent in another area. Meaning this, I could have, I could be walking with God in the area of peace. Peace for my soul and peace for my life. But have no clue and be walking in opposite directions with God when it comes to Him being the healer. He is a God of peace. 
And he is also the healer. Right. And so, again, you can walk with him in one area and not walk with him in another area. And whatever we need or we recognize, that's what we need to get on the same page with him in regards to. And so, again, we often talk about agreeing with one another. But the most important relationship is this, that we must agree with God. Okay, if you don't agree with God, I don't even want to agree with you. Right. I I, I want to agree with him. And then if you will agree with him and I will agree with him, how many know we can walk together? It's kind of like the marriage relationship. You know, most people think, well, we need to adapt to each other. We need to find agreement with each other. No, you both need to agree with God then you'll automatically be with each other. Because what, you know, the bad scenario there is you you start adapting and adjusting and more and more you become like each other. And the further you get from God, you're still going to have trouble. (laughs) But we want to walk in perfect, as much as we can, agreement with the Lord. Now, how many know we are not trying to move God in this meeting tonight? We're not trying to get God to do something. I mean, how many know if he doesn't want to? No one here is going to twist his arm. (laughs) No one in here is going to force him. He's not forcible. Good news is uh, he wants to. God is firmly God and he does not change. Well, because that's the case, it's like this. If God is against me, I'm in trouble. You're in trouble. If God if God wants you, uh, you know, sick and diseased and, and miserable and suffering and Pathetic all your days, you are in trouble. But good news, that's not the case. The Bible tells us if God be for us, who can be against us? How many know He's for us? Every single one of us, He's for you. He's on your side. He wants to lift you and make your life better. He's not here to tear you down and rip your life apart. Thank God He is for us and not against us. Amen. Amen. And so a belief now, I want to show you a couple verses. Go over with me to John chapter 20. A belief, and we're talking about agreeing with God. A belief is something that can change. A belief is something that can change. If you, if you come here tonight and your belief was not in line with God, in His Word, in His plan, in His ways, that can change. All right? Honestly, a lot of beliefs can change very quick. Uh, They can be wrong one minute, and then we make an adjustment, and now it's right. And as soon as it's right, we're in agreement with God, and His power flows freely. So, we want to make any adjustments that need to be made. John 20 talks about, this is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And there was a guy that, you know, he became known as, I don't know if we're going to tease him about this in heaven or anything, but he became known as Doubting Thomas. I mean, isn't that a, any of you have some bad nicknames in school? I mean, that's a low blow, isn't it? Doubting Thomas, (laughs) especially with all the words, you know, you know, strong words Jesus had to say about those who were in doubt and unbelief. But anyway, talking about him, and and it says in verse 25, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Notice his language. Thomas said, I will not believe. That was his choice. He was refusing to believe. 
said, unless I see this, unless I go here, unless I see this, I'm not going to believe. I re- I'm just not going to do it. I refuse to believe what you guys are telling me unless I'm sticking my hand in the holes of his hands and all that kind of stuff. Well, how many of that's not commendable? God isn't smiling at Thomas right now thinking, that's my boy. Won't believe a thing. You know, of course, if you read the rest of the story, you know how Jesus appeared to him and said, Thomas, go ahead, stick your fingers in. And, uh, and, and he went on to say, blessed, you believe now, big, big whoop they do, you've seen me. He said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. This is the way of God. These are the ways of God. Those who will believe prior to seeing. Amen. And that's the way that we access the things of God. And now, now watch, this is coming into agreement with God. This is His ways. We believe something before we see something, before we feel it, not after the fact. All right. Well, if I see something, I'm going to believe. Knock that off. That's not how we operate in here. All right. It's time to graduate out of out of diapers and come up and start acting like God and believe first. We believe first and then things happen. All right. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. So Thomas believed one thing. Then he believed something else. He needed some physical persuasion, again, which was not commendable. But uh, I'm just telling you, belief, beliefs can be changed. Many, many times this is the case. Uh, Acts 16, 16, uh, 29. All right. Paul and Silas were in prison in this chapter. Remember, there was an uh, earthquake and, and they prayed at midnight and all this stuff. Verse, uh, let's skip down verse 29. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling. This is the jailkeeper there. Trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And notice the word he, he gave to them. He wanted Salvation. He wanted eternal life, the forgiveness of his sins, a relationship with God. So what did they tell him to do? They told him, believe. How many know that's a a direct uh, statement? It's a command. It's, okay, you want this? This is what you must do. Well, that means that he wasn't already doing that. He said, I mean, he knew something was going on here. He said, what do I need to do? I need to get saved. I need to get right with God. So they looked at him and said, you need to believe. And so what? You know what he did? He believed. (laughs) And his household believed. And they all got saved. But they believed and then they saw. In other words, he was out out of alignment with the will, plan, and purpose, the ways of God. And he came into alignment by choice. He chose to do it. You know, we can do that here tonight. Do you know any, any person in the house tonight can decide? They can make a choice and say, I am going to believe. That's my choice. From this moment forward, I choose and I decide to be a believer. Some say, well, I'm already a Christian. Well, I know it's supposed to be one package deal, but nowadays... And you might be a Christian, you might not. That doesn't matter. Anyone can choose to believe here, whether 
you've been apart from God or whether you've been a Christian for a long time. Many Christians today have segregated all the different blessings of God. Say this one's for you. This one's not for you. This one might be for you. This one you never know. And all kinds of confusion and uncertainty and lack of dogma exist in Christians' minds. And they're so fragmented in receiving and walking with God. And we need to knock that off. Because you might be a believer in peace. You might be a believer in, in your sins forgiven. But let's put all these things back together. God has redeemed us through the blood of Jesus unto Himself. And now all things are made right. Now all things that were broken are made whole. Now everything that was missing and lacking is now restored to your life. Believe that. Say, I want to be healed. Good, good. That's the will and plan and purpose of God. Just believe it. So how do I do that? Say, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, just, uh, just like many things we do. People say, are you going to go out to eat after the service tonight? Well, I wasn't planning to. But hey, a bunch of us are going down to this restaurant. Uh, w- would you come with us? Okay, I will. You just changed. And I'm telling you, on the inside, we can make those adjustments to immediately begin to walk with God in perfect agreement with His mighty healing power. And bam, there it is. There it is, just like that. Yay! So Thomas refused to believe, but he changed his keeper in prison. Wasn't a believer, but he was told to believe in Jesus, so so he did. And he got saved. And uh, and just like uh, you may have believed you had this was your belief coming in here or maybe even presently that you are sick or you are diseased or you are damaged in some way physically, you can remove your believer from that physical reality and change it to the word of God and your physical body will change tonight. You came in here believing there's something wrong. But in the middle of this, somewhere in here, the light turned on and you said, I'm not going to believe that anymore. I'm not going to believe that about myself any longer. I'm going to believe that I'm healed now. There you go. There you go. And now God's God's on the scene. Hallelujah. And so the believing comes before the seeing and the feeling. Sometimes I talk to people and, and that have been, you know, someone prayed for them, someone ministered to them, you ask them, uh, uh, you know, about their, their experience there. And, and somewhere along the line, you know, they start talking and they start saying about their healing. Well, you know, I sure hope God healed me. And, and you can see they're waiting to believe until they see. And because they're waiting to believe until they see, they don't see. It's not been un- it's not uncommon for someone even after they not only hear the word of God clear and plain, they feel the power of God go into them. They have pain relieved, symptoms gone, many times physical abnormalities that they have seen changed. Now they can move it, bend it, they can look at it, you know, things are changed. It's not uncommon for people to still, after that, refer to themselves as one who has. You know what I mean by that? People will still say, my bad knee. People will still say, uh, my tumor. People will still say, I, well, I'm a diabetic. And it's like, 
when are you going to stop identifying with that and start identifying with your healing? The healing is that no longer is. In fact, for anybody who's in Christ, anybody who's who's who, who's a, a Christian, none of that is even really there. It's a it's a it's a physical thing that we can see and feel because we give it tangibility. The reality is God's word overrides and supersedes all those things. And when we start letting that be the dominant force and be su- let ourselves be subject to his word in every area of life, let it be the final authority. That's when life in the physical world changes, but not before that. And so we've got to we've got to recognize agreement with God is not just amen in church. It's not just saying the right thing in you know, repetition like we do sometimes, it is making it your own. We've got to take ownership of what God says is ours and say, I am a what? I am strong. I am well. I am healed. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. I'm in Christ and everything is good. Yeah. So what does that produce? That produces exactly what God said. I know sometimes there's a, there's a there's a belief that that it says well if it, it, whatever if God wants to do it if God wants to heal me then I'm certainly open to that and He will well I didn't plan on going this direction tonight but maybe I need to for just a moment uh, what do you mean if God decides I know this is new thought to some and I, that's why you know I understand that many of us were there that are not there now what do you mean if God decides see He already decided. He decided before you were born. He decided before I even approached him to talk about the subject. He decided a long time ago. No decision making going on right now. God's not deciding to heal people. He's not deciding not to heal people. He's not saying, heal this one, kill this one. Heal this one, kill this one. Huh? Put this one off a few years. Delay this person. None of that is going on. Religion Religious garbage. Sorry for being so strong. Maybe I'm not. I'm not angry. Well, in the, I am a little bit. <laughs> Religious garbage will teach people that. And it holds them in bondage. It keeps them separated from, a, from an absolute God who, is, who gave us nothing but promises of surety. You ask and it'll be done. You do this and this will happen. If you act this way, this is going to be the result. And then religion skips in here and, and starts qualifying everything. Oh yeah, but that's not the case. Always, you've got to do these ten things. And you've got to factor in this equation. And you've got to figure out this and this and this. And we just totally water down everything that God has said until it doesn't work. And people actually think they pray and nothing happens. I mean, what a slap in the face of God. Well, I prayed nothing happened. Really? I mean, how arrogant. Don't you think? That Jesus said, you can, you, if you ask, you'll receive. And we say, I ask sometimes and I don't receive anything. So we're smarter than Jesus. I tend to listen to people. Who get results. I mean, any human being can be wrong about things. And I'm not saying I don't make any human being God. Except for Jesus, who was God. 
But if someone's getting results and they're seeing things happen, I'm going to at least pay attention. Right? Does that make sense? I mean, if good things are going on, it's like you're doing something right. Maybe not everything, but something good's going on here. When it comes to Jesus, I mean, he got some good results. And the thing is, you know, he's in the different category only in this regard. He never sinned. And, of course, he was, he was right about everything. But other than that, he was still a human being anointed by the Spirit of God so we can follow him and walk in his steps and get the same results. Let's not exalt our beliefs or our experience above the Word of God. Let's not say, Jesus, I know God said this. I know Jesus said this. I know this promise about if you'll do this, this will happen and this will happen. But, and then we go on with our experience. No, let's throw our experience out the window. Let's say there's something, there was something missing there. There was something out of whack. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe you don't know what it is. But we'll, we will not exalt it and magnify it above God's Word. Okay? And if we'll be committed to that, come on, here we go. Now we're back in tune. Now we're in agreement with the Lord again. I'm in disagreement if I say, oh, my aunt so-and-so, she prayed and she had faith and she died. What are we saying by that? What are, we, what are we really trying to say? We're really trying to say God's Word doesn't work all the time. We're really trying to say you cannot count on Him for healing. You have to wonder. You have to always be in question. You, it's always a maybe. And if ever we're in maybe land... We are not walking with God because you'll see that the promises, you'll see what Jesus said. He didn't speak that way. I didn't plan on saying any of this stuff right here. But I'm kind of glad I did. Even though it got really quiet. We, I'm telling you, any of us, if this is blowing some gaskets and stuff and, and people say, oh, how's that working for you? I mean, I mean, seriously, if you're getting 100% results and everything is clicking and you're just walking with God and enjoying heaven on earth like we can find scriptures that promise if everything's working, then, you know, forget what I'm saying. Good. But if it's not that way, I have a feeling it's not, then we might want to do some tweaking, huh? We might want to make a few adjustments and get in perfect agreement with God and bam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Simple question, which came first? The believing or the having? Or the, we could say the seeing. Which came first? The believing or the seeing? Believing came first. What happens when, so, when the believing is right? The seeing follows it right, at, right away. Believing, then seeing. Now it can be believing, seeing. You know what I mean? Believing, seeing. It doesn't have to be believing, uh, seeing. You know what I mean? We do not want to. Now watch. I'm still here with my original intent. I want to help anyone who needs something to get it. I'm here with every ounce of spiritual force and faith and anointing uh, that I can with the Holy Ghost. And He's really powerful. 
Watch. To help people get it. Okay? So here's what I'm going to say. What we don't want to do, and some, of, some people have been taught this way. Healing is one thing. Manifestation is another thing. Oh, I'm healed, but it just hasn't manifest yet. Knock that off. That is a hindrance to you walking with God. Okay? Again, when did Jesus teach that? When did Jesus say, well, you pray, you seek, you lay hands on the sick, and then there's a waiting period. The manifestation that might come later, might be a year, might be five years, might be in heaven. But you're still healed. I don't know about you, I'm not real excited about if I have a strong pain or a disability or some issue in my body. I'm not real excited about the fact that I can say, I'm healed. I just can't tell. But at least I'm healed. I mean, I can't walk, but at least I'm healed. You know, that doesn't doesn't work for me. You know what? The Lord never wanted us to play those word games. Well, I'm healed. Just waiting on the manifestation. Let's just put them together and make them one. Like it happened with Jesus all the time. They were healed. And then they could walk. Then they could see. Then they could hear. Then they could do this. And let's just make it all one thing. Come on now. Say it out loud with me. I will be healed tonight. Say it again. I will be healed tonight. Maybe. Say it again. I will be healed tonight. That's your decision. That's your commitment. Who are we talking to? Well, we're just, we're telling the Lord, but He already knows. We're not trying to convince Him. We're just telling the Lord, this is what's going to happen. See, is that kind of rude? Absolutely not. Puts a smile on his face when his children step up and say, okay, 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 I got this. I, I, I'm going to be healed tonight. You know, Jesus and, and the Father, they're glorified when people are healed, not when they're, not when they're sick. You know, when, when, when Jesus said that about uh, Lazarus in John 11, uh, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. Some people have been confused by that. They said God gets glory out of sickness. God never got glory out of that situation until Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was speaking about the end result. He wasn't speaking about the current condition. Okay? You, can, you, you, can't, you, can't see, uh, you can't come to that conclusion just by one statement and pull everything out and say, Oh, see, God's glorified in sickness. No, He's only glorified when the sick are made well. And He'll be glorified here in a few moments tonight. Look at, look at that chapter for a moment. John chapter 11. John the 11th chapter. Let's get a firm foundation here. Let everything be certain. Let all this stuff be settled. I want to, let's erase all question, all fear, all doubt of any kind. And then when we lay hands on the sick, here it comes. Here it comes. Then it's just, we're just basically making a transfer. We're just saying, here you go, here you go, here you go. And we're just going to hand out the things that you came for. And it's healings, and it's, 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 it's the, the divine connection of God's Spirit and your body. 
John chapter 11, this is in that same discussion of Jesus before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said in verse 40, John eleven forty, Jesus said to her, did I, not, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I want you to notice the order of events here. If you would what? Believe you would? Notice he didn't say, well, let me hold on here. Let me show you the glory of God so you can believe. No, he said, if you will believe you would see the glory of God. He didn't say, if you will believe, well, then it's in the hand of God and it might happen, it might not happen. You just need to be happy whatever happens and just continue to trust God and, 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 and just not know what's going to happen in the future and someday it'll all be explained to you in heaven. He didn't say that, did he? He just said, real simple, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. What if we will believe? Bam! You will see the glory of God. The glory of God is the goodness of God on display. Amen. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, you see, believing is a choice. Believing, it is submitting to God's Word. Humble yourself today and submit to His Word that heals. Let me encourage you. Let me, let me, uh, let me warn you again. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. It's a, it's, a, it's a very powerful thing in the, in the design of God's creation. He spoke and things would happen. And we're taught both Old Testament and New to watch the words of our mouth. Because if you say the wrong thing, it, it can do a whole lot of damage. And speaking words of life about yourself, about others, about your future, it carries tremendous weight and power. Our words are carriers of life and anointing. And it transfers things from, from God to us and from us to others. Watch the words of your mouth. Even after you're healed. Even after you've received that healing touch from God, don't undo it and undermine it and give place for that problem to return in your life by laying claim to it with, your, with words. Come on now. It's time to knock the negativity concerning your own physical body and your future out of your life and only say what the Lord says. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Come on. If you've ever led someone to the Lord, you probably know these verses. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to notice the two very important components here. He said if you'll believe in your heart and you'll do what? You will say or you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. What's the end result? Salvation. Salvation. So your mouth is a key component in being saved. And we know we studied this at different times, even a month ago. We, we studied save or salvation. Both of those Greek words have to do with not only the forgiveness of sins and going to heaven. They really mean healing also and deliverance and wholeness and soundness. They include the full uh, encompassing scope of what Jesus did for us through redemption. Thank you, Lord. So we believe and we say, and things are changed. Not, if you'll believe in your heart, and you'll feel right with God, you'll be saved. If you'll believe in your heart and stop sinning for a week, you'll be saved. No, no. If you believe in your heart and you have a perfect diet... 
you'll be saved or healed. No. Don't let you. I'm not. I'm not even talking about diet. But I'll tell you this: don't let don't let your lack of a perfect diet, whatever that is, hinder your faith in God. Some say, "Well, I've done this to myself." Welcome to the club. I mean, haven't we all done things to ourselves, either through sin or through negligence or or whatever? We've all done stuff that we shouldn't do. What about the people in Jesus' day? You know, so people talk about how, uh, you know, and I'm not disagreeing with this per se. It's just it's just not the point. But people talk about, you know, what we eat in our day, in our society and how, you know, you know a lot of junk gets in food and, you know, they, all the things on the package that you can't pronounce. You know, how a lot of that's bad for you and stuff, and food is this and that, and and we eat too much fried food, and we eat too much this, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, And uh, again, probably the case, you know, Twinkies and and, and all that kind of stuff. Think about it, though. Okay, again, I'm not disagreeing with that or telling you what you should eat or not eat. They didn't eat Twinkies in Jesus' day. They didn't eat deep-fried food, to my knowledge. You know, they certainly didn't have drive throughs where every day you're getting fast food and eating all this kind of stuff that's, you know, again, I'm not saying it doesn't cause any problems, whatever, but they didn't have that. Most of them probably ate what we would could probably consider, and most health experts today would consider a really good diet. In fact, they have diets based upon, uh, I forget the language of that, diets based upon what they eat over there and what they ate in the past. But look how many sick people there were. If you think I'm coming against your latest, latest diet, I don't care about your latest diet. Or the, Listen, I'm just saying they didn't eat like we did, and there was a whole mess of sick people. I mean, multitudes at a time were flocking to Jesus because they were all messed up. And they had, a, I guess, a pretty good diet. So why am I saying that? Forget about it. Now's the time to connect with God. What you do going forward... Different subject. We're here to connect with God. It's not about what you've done, not about what you've done right, what you've been done, that you've done wrong. It is about Jesus suffering the price and paying for our sins. It is about agreeing with God and what He said about us. Amen. Amen. I mean, some people come into the world uh, born with problems, and sometimes it's because their parents were on drugs. Sometimes they were were abusing and they've linked different things to, you know, the mom smoked or something or took this drug or they did too much of this. And, and, and the parent, the, they've linked some things to things children are born with. And, sir, you can trace it. Sir, some of these things you can trace a natural cause to. Big whoop-de-doo. I can trace some of my negativity in life to stupid things I've done. Wrong choices I've made in life. And the result was suffering. What's the point? That's why Jesus came to die. Not because we did it all right, but because we didn't do it all right. He didn't come for the, for the well. He came for the sick. He came to fix those who were messed up in many areas of life. And so whatever the cause or the root of any affliction, that's not the issue unless we make it the issue. But I'm telling you, God's not making it the issue. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so to salva- it goes on to say here, Verse 10, I'm going to try to 
wrap this up. I didn't know I'd speak this long, but I think maybe it was necessary. Little heart changes will make healing instant. It'll make it, bam, just like that, flow right into you. Easiest thing in the world. Easiest thing in the world. He went on to say in verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Again, we confess unto what? Salvation. It's soteria. It is healing. It is all wholeness and soundness in our life. How do we get there? We say it. Yeah, we believe in our heart, but our confession is made unto. We cannot be going opposite of... Let me say it this way. I don't walk in an opposite direction of my confession. I don't say one thing and go a different way. In other words, I'm not going to walk in perfect agreement with God if my mouth is not on board. My agreement with God and walking with Him in line with His plan very much so involves my mouth. Because my confession is unto. It is unto. So, what does God say? What's God saying about you? Sick or healed? What does He say? Made whole or left broken? Does He say demonized or delivered? What does God say? If we're going to get in agreement with God, we just simply need to know what He says. And I tell you, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. Over and over again, we can see that he has said that the work is finished, that it is complete and it's already done. Colossians 1.13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has, that means not, doesn't mean he's going to, it means he already has delivered us. When we say tonight, I will be healed, we're not saying tonight, God will heal me. We're saying tonight, I will be healed because God already healed me. Because He already delivered me in His Son. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we having died to sins, notice having died, already died, He already bore, already died, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So healing is an accomplished, past tense reality. If we're talking about agreeing with God, we simply find out what God has said. Find out what the Lord believes. Find out what He has already done. And align ourselves with our mouths and with our actions, with our whole hearts. We align ourselves with it. And then, bam, we are walking with God. Not just in the area of peace. Not just in the area of some other favor or blessing from Him, but also in the area of our physical man, our physical bodies, our health. So what do you say? We know what God says. So the question is, what do you say? What do you say about yourself? Can you say like the centurion and say, "Ah, just come, my servant will be made whole. Can you say like the woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years, if I'll just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now, in, the new t- in, in our day, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is the head and we are the body of Christ. So the body of Christ in their day was one 
physical in one physical locality. Jesus went different places. He was the body of Christ. Now we are the body of Christ. And that anointing that is on the head runs down through the body. And we are part of the body. So what happens? Well, he said, now you will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so we can say, just like that woman, if I can but touch his garment, we can say, when hands are laid on me, I will be made whole. Not I might be, not I'm going to see if it's going to work, not I sure hope God will heal me. Again, already did. And we're just aligning ourselves with it. And we're setting a point of contact. When we, when we minister in a moment... Uh, those of you who need this will come down. That point of contact is this. Bam. Bam. And at that very moment, it's done. That's the point of release when we say, I will be made whole. So from that point, done. You're in perfect agreement with God. And so it's done. Amen.